Welcome to Paid in Puke, a podcast where three women with names discuss movies about something other than a man. Paid in Puke is hosted by Annie Malone, Christina Barr, and Jessica Baxter. It's also a spoiler-filled free-for-all. You've been warned. It's the Paid in Puke third annual podcast about the 95th annual Academy Awards, which will take place at the Dolby Theater in Hollywood on Sunday, March 12th, 2023, 5 p.m. Pacific, on the American Broadcasting Company. (laughs) Got a little carried away with the old-timey voice there. Hosted by Jimmy Kimmel. And this episode is hosted by me, Jessica Baxter. Me, Annie Malone. And me, Christina Barr. And our special guest. We're so thrilled to have this Oscar devotee and delightful human being back with us. Denise Rodriguez. (laughs) Hello. All right. The nominations came out January 12th and were adorably presented by former girls cast members Riz Ahmed and Allison Williams. Riz, this is a delight. I don't want this to end. I have to say it's much easier working with you than Megan. She is tricky. Yeah. She's not around, is she? Uh, you, you promised me that she wouldn't be around? Yeah, yeah. Get yeah, yeah, yeah. Out She's, by the... No, we should be good. We're good. Okay, cool. I love her. Who notably... Yes. Right now oh, gosh. So good. <laughs> She's great. No, it's okay. She notably nailed the pronunciation of every nominee. That was a big deal. She definitely clearly, <laughs> like, made a point of learning how names were pronounced before this, which... Nice touch. Yeah. Yeah. Surprisingly uncommon thing for some reason, but just a couple facts about this Academy Awards. Everything Everywhere All at Once received the most nominations with 11, including Best Picture, Best Actress, Michelle Yeoh, Best Supporting Actor, Kihei Kwan, and Best Supporting Actress, Jamie Lee Curtis and Stephanie Hsu. It is followed closely by The Banshees of Inishirin and All Quiet on the Western Front, which each have nine nominations. Other notable nods are Angela Bassett, the first Marvel actor to earn a nomination. Really? Yeah. As Queen Ramonda in Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. And everyone in the Best Actor category, Brendan Fraser, Colin Farrell, Paul Mescal, Bill Nighy, and Austin Butler are all first-time nominees. Oh, that's cool. Also all white. Oh, not true. Yes, I yeah. think that is true. That yep. actually is true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I made a note of that. All pretty Anglo. <laughs> so let's kick this off by talking about our snubs. Snubs. Oh God, nope. Nope, not nominated for anything yeah. at all. Yeah. Which is crazy, but especially sound, right? I mean, especially, I can't even say especially because that's my number one snub. Yeah. I think that Nope is better than anything Steven Spielberg has ever made, even though it's sort of a tribute to Steven Spielberg. Instead, they like Steven Spielberg's own tribute to Steven Spielberg better. <laughs> I think Daniel Kaluuya and Kiki Palmer both give flawless performances. Sure. Yeah, and the sound design and the creature design are also mm-hmm. impressive, and I just love a Jordan Peele script. There's so many ways I mean, it should have been nominated. Snub. That's Complete snub. crazy. 
Yeah, the acting was really great, and then, yeah, the visuals of, like, that creature, and he really researched sea creatures, <laughs> and went to some oceanographic, I don't know, he, like, yeah, science. Like, <laughs> he met with scientists to talk yeah. about these creatures and, like, make one, and I just really liked that movie a lot. I saw it twice in the theater. It was great the first time, but, like, going the second time, it was, like, even more exciting. I don't know, it was just one of those movies, like got better for me it was so good absolutely <laughs> i did not see that one i am a wimp and anything that's really uh, scary is hard for me so in fact get out knowing that it was a horror movie i had to go on wikipedia and read ahead of time what the plot was <laughs> so that i could assess whether i would be able to survive and decided that i could <laughs> so if nope had been nominated i would have had to go and like spoil myself completely mm. in order to just be like okay i can do this yeah. <laughs> I thought Viola Davis. Mm -hmm. um, that's one also everyone's kind of talking about what a snub that was. I mean, there's a difference between, okay, I'm going to just clarify one thing. <laughs> there's a difference between a snub and just kind of not getting nominated. Yeah, yeah you know? totally. Somehow, there were a lot of things that people were talking about getting nominated and then they just didn't. And yeah. the one that I keep thinking about is the unbearable weight of immense talent. <laughs> oh, that came out. People were like, oh yeah, this is going to get an Oscar nomination. Wow. Yeah, I missed that discourse so for some yeah. reason. I just like went back and Googled because I'm like, I thought I remembered that. And I found like the old articles from when the movie came out earlier in 2022. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that was one. But yeah, I know Viola Davis is the one everyone's talking about. And Danielle Deadweiler mm -hmm. um, played Emmett Till's mom, which leads me to no black actors nominated in the leading role categories. Yes, or black films, really. And also no female directors. That mm -hmm. I feel like is a snub because there were quite a few films that were directed by women. And even Sarah Pauly, you know, her film is nominated for some things, but... Yeah, but not directing. Yes. Not directing. Once again, cue Natalie Portman. And here are the all-male nominees. <laughs> oh, I just feel like that movie did not have a lot of support behind it. I didn't yeah. watch it, but I'm surprised it got a Best Picture nomination. Yeah. I have, yeah, I don't feel like there was a lot of support behind that movie. Yeah. I mean, obviously, like, I'm just, like, a movie fan, so I want yeah. films that deserve it to get nominated, but I know that there's a whole machinery behind it, and mm -hmm. people are, like, actively campaigning, and you do kind of wonder if that film just wasn't promoted adequately. Like, not a single actress in that film got nominated for an acting role that it was just literally, like, the super powerful acting, the entire film, and these yeah. great powerhouse actresses, not one of them got nominated. Yeah. That felt weird. Maybe it's just they were all so good it was hard for yeah. anyone to like pick one out of the bunch right it might so. be right? yeah it might be like too much of an ensemble or something maybe but yeah that was kind of surprising i was really hoping goodnight oppie would get nominated in the t t documentary category it's about the mars rover opportunity <laughs> I was really excited about it and then it didn't even make the long list in the documentaries and oh. I was like super shocked that that happened so, hmm. again probably just like not good support Huh. <laughs> I haven't even heard of it. Yeah, so it certainly wasn't promoted very much. Oh, I have another one. Yeah. Um, Eddie Redmayne. Okay, so I did not see this movie, but I was, like, Googling around on, like, who all everybody thought got stopped. Mm -hmm. But Eddie Redmayne from The Good Nurse had BAFTA, Golden Globe, and SAG nominations. Oh, wow. And then did not get the Oscar. So that feels like, whoa. Yeah. All that momentum and recognition and then just didn't get recognized with an Oscar nom. Also, Decision to Leave. Which was um, Park yeah, Chan-wook. That had a lot of buzz. That had a lot of buzz and then just didn't go anywhere. And then 
a lot of people said that RRR was expected to get a Best Picture nomination and was the mm-hmm. most delightful film of the year, or the most, mm-hmm. like, most entertaining film of the year. Mm-hmm. And then it just got nominated for song. Right. Yeah, I had to look up what that was because I hadn't heard anything about mm-hmm. it. So yeah, it is really interesting what has promotional backing and what doesn't. It doesn't seem to be based on merit alone, certainly. I was really surprised about Till, and i got to confess that I haven't seen it because I expected it to be so gut-wrenching. Yeah. That's one of those things where it's like, oh, I'm sure it'll get nominated because it's so important, but then, nope, they ignored it. I also really liked The Wonder, a Florence Pugh movie. There was a really buzz about that. You know, it's a Catholicism is a cult film shot in Ireland by Sebastian Lelio and screenplay would have been good. Acting would have been great, obviously. So I was really surprised about that. I really liked that movie. And I also realized I was like looking back at my list of movies that I gave five stars to in this last year. And one was 3,000 Years of Longing, which is George Mm -hmm. Miller's movie. People love George Miller on paper, but then he doesn't get the accolades. It's really good. Tilda Swinton's amazing. Idris Elba's great. It's got a fantasy element to it, but it's also really existential. It's very good. It came out, and then it disappeared. I kind of want to say that the Academy in general doesn't like things with a fantasy angle, but let's talk about that again. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Shape of Water, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Predictable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A little bit. Should we talk about like the opposite of a snub? Surprises. Like, what do we, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, I have a couple of snubs. Okay, go. Thought. Yeah. I really liked the menu for like, screenplay. I thought that was an interesting mm-hmm. story. And also, The Northman mm-hmm. came out like in the beginning of the year. And like, I'm kind of surprised it didn't get anything. I don't know, like Ethan Hawke, Nicole Kidman, and Alexander Skarsgård. Skarsgård, yeah. He was so good in it. And those are all people and who usually get yeah. accolades. Right, or even like costuming or something. I don't know. I was just surprised it wasn't in there. And then also Kimmy, I thought was mm-hmm. really good. Like Soderbergh and Zoe Kravitz was great in it. And then Gina Prince, his Prince Bythewood, who directed Woman King, I thought. She was... And Charlotte mm-hmm. Wells for After Sun. Um, yeah. I really they got snubbed. And I, I really liked the direction of yeah. After Sun. Like, yeah. I thought it was, was absolutely really riveting. Film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe she wrote it. Like, it was about her father yeah. or something. And I haven't seen it yet, but I know you guys liked mm-hmm. it. So yeah, it sounds not. like really promising. <laughs> yeah, that's the sort of thing where if a, a man had directed a movie about his complicated relationship with his dad and be like, this is fucking great. This is genius. <laughs> but a woman does it and they're like, we'll give an acting nama to the the male lead of the movie. <laughs> That's the best we could do. So surprises? Surprises. I mean, I think the big surprise for everybody is Andrea Riseborough. <laughs> That's oh, certainly yeah. a controversial surprise. I still like that story, you know. I feel like it's just kind of funny that it's like, it's totally normal to campaign for a nomination, but not like that. Don't ask your friends to tweet about you, you know? It just seems so silly to me, like, the Academy being like, don't ask your friends to. Yeah. Yeah. Like, your film production company can spend, you know, gajillions of dollars on it. Take out ads and and billboards. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. But don't ask your famous friends to tweet about you. Yeah. Did she ask her famous friends? 
things? Or I mean, it's like, like, this is really great. Did yeah, it doesn't seem coincidental to me just because I thought her performance was so freaking riveting and mm-hmm. astounding and amazing. That performance was everything. Mm-hmm. And I almost felt like the, you know, the sort of the shock of the Academy <laughs> that they have to do an investigation is like an insult to what a great performance it was. And I could totally see other actors just watching it and being like, oh my God, this is right. really great acting and being spontaneously motivated yeah. to like, <laughs> go and campaign for her. Yeah, I could see that, but like, I feel like the way it played out, it didn't really seem spontaneous, mm-hmm. you know, because that didn't happen for like literally anybody else. Just true, like, that true. Was, I think it's like insane that there was even like an inquest. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, don't ask your friends to tweet like these are insane, bizarre rules that it's fine. Yeah. Send gift bags, <laughs> buy billboards, buy ads. Yeah. Don't ask your friends to tweet about no tweets. <laughs> but no tweets. <laughs> Well, then when they did look into it, they're like, I guess there wasn't anything wrong, but we're going to change the rules next year. It's basically like we make a rule specific to that, but now we will. Why? Why? We decide what's good. I guess so. Yeah, it really is like special interests really driving who's getting considered for these awards. It's kind of hard for me to say who I think is going to win anymore because I really just don't. I have no, like, <laughs> who knows what they're into this year, or, you yeah. know, like, Andrea Risebro, that movie, she was so good in that. She really seemed like a woman in West Texas. Like, she really disappeared into the role mm-hmm. for me. I don't know. I really liked it, and I don't know. It's like a movie from the 70s that, like, uh, Gina Rollins or oh, like yeah, Jayla totally. Clayburgh would be starring in or something. Mm-hmm. It's like really has that kind of like old mm-hmm. movie kind of thing. And I feel like honestly like how real her performance seems is like highlighted by how unreal Mark Maron's performance is. Yeah, that I'm a gum with Texas too. I know. Yikes. Yeah, like, that, that absolutely really did ruin it for me. Yeah, if he had just been, he should have just himself. done his regular voice. Yeah, it would have been better. That was so distracting and goofy. Yeah, I didn't even notice it. <gasps> really, oh that is like fascinating. Guy <laughs> oh from the West Texas, or wherever this movie <laughs> takes place, and you're loving on your boat. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, I just thought it'd be nice if we watched it together. So just to remind you that you're not the piece of shit that everybody says you are. What I saw was a good mama loving on her boy. But I guess I wasn't thinking. No, you weren't thinking. Stop it now. I'm like, just drop it anytime. Anytime. Yeah. We'll we'll stick with you. Especially since there were scenes where he would sometimes have it thicker than others, just within the same scene. (laughs) Maybe even sometimes within the same line of dialogue. And it, every time he did that, I was like, just stay off it. Don't go back to doing it. I'm sure that's not her regular voice or accent. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's How British. much she really, like, mm-hmm. I looked there's her like up. a real difference <laughs> yeah. to, like, melting into a role and Hamily playing a part, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, I was really surprised to learn that she's British. Yeah. <laughs> I would never have thought that. And I was 
heavily invested in her sobriety. <laughs> we were watching that movie, yes. you know, and there's like the scene where she the flask and she's out standing on the back porch, and I was just like, "Don't do it! Don't do it! You've come too far!" You know, like, oh. The scene so where invested. she invites her son, like her son, comes in to eat at her diner, yes. like. It was was really good. I think the fact that it had a happy ending made some of the more harrowing, hard-to-watch parts worth it. Mm -hmm. You know, because it kind of had this, like, happy ending. Yeah, there were a lot of parts in it where I was just like, oh, my God. You know, like, where she's kind of, like, realizing her charm is running out. Like, where she tries to pick up the guy, the cowboy guy at the bar. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. That doesn't go well. And that was I, I was, yeah. Yeah, it was I mean, so rough. I kind of made sense. Mark Marin's in it. I don't. It just seems like he he's got his own like addiction. Yeah. He executive past. produced it, and that's yeah. great. And I, I mean, I could see him being a consultant on the script and all sorts of ways he could have helped. <laughs> They weren't doing that accent. And I really even think he's not that bad of an actor when he's doing a minimalist thing. Like, he was doing a really good job in Glow, and I think he does a good job in Lynn Shelton's movie. You need a director to tell him to pull it all the way back. (laughs) And that's that wasn't happening for whatever reason. Well, there's probably, like, a power structure there. Like, Um, you know, I don't know who directed it, like, how experienced they are, but it's like, tell your executive producer to (laughs) pull back. (laughs) Yeah. That's true. Uh, (laughs) He's like, I'll pull my checkbook back. (laughs) (laughs) You don't like what I'm doing with my voice. Oh my God, imagine if you're someone that stays in character all the time. He's like, if I don't keep the accent, I'm going to lose it. Just like Austin Butler. Because there's a thing where he can't get rid of his Elvis voice. Oh, yeah. yeah. (laughs) And he's from like LA or something. So a surprise for me was Judd Hirsch. Oh. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, not because he wasn't good in the film. You know, he's barely in it. Yeah. Uh, He's an over-the-top character. Mm -hmm. So this kind of big acting fits with the character. But I don't know. I just, I was like, really? Nominate Seth Rogen, you cowards. Exactly. Yeah. Seth Rogen was really surprising in that role. He was good. He was really good. I didn't even realize it was him for... A while. Yeah. <laughs> so this is uh, the Fablemans. Right. And, and also Steven Spielberg's dad. I don't know. I can't remember the name of the character, the kid, but, you know, Steven Spielberg. But Steven Spielberg's dad also was good. Paul Dano? You know? Yes. Oh, good. And, and was not someone... Like Sorry. As, as an actor? actor yeah. or... As an actor, yeah. Okay. I, I never liked him. Yeah, I think maybe it's the elder statesman of Hollywood treatment that yeah. you get when you have the whole... Well, I do feel like, it. especially with supporting actor, they like, like, a big performance. They're like a real yeah. showy, broad, like, I'm acting in this uh, scene, you're gonna remember, you know? Yeah. For the supporting, especially. Yeah, for especially like, supporting. Right, yeah. Yeah. I feel like they love, like, a big performance in a small part like yeah he kind of like rolls into town is like super wacky and weird and then leaves yeah i you know? feel like they like, love that yeah that is what yeah. that role is and i'm not saying he doesn't deserve it it was just i wouldn't have picked that performance out like of you know all of the ones yeah. i've seen to be like yes that i would say that i would say he doesn't deserve it and i would say jamie lee curtis doesn't deserve her best winning actress nomination i could not believe she was nominated like her research for her role was she saw a photo of a woman who worked at the IRS. 
dress and basically copied the outfit the woman in the photo is wearing or something. I just want to say I have always disliked her and I find her like super smug and full of herself. I do not like Jamie Lee Curtis and I really, really did not like her in this movie. I really like it's like bothering me to even think about it. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, okay. please don't give her an Oscar. Like, mm-hmm. she's already insufferable, you know? Don't reward her for this. Right. <laughs> she's really pissed off about the Nepo Which is, thing. like, insane. How about don't have both your famous parents' last names in your own name? <laughs> I mean, I just cannot with her. Because I, <laughs> I read a transcript of her speech when she got the SAG Award for Best Supporting Actress, and it said something like, I know you all look at me and think Nepo B. Like, what? get over it. Like, I know. I feel like that's the thing is... Has she not had a long storied right? career already? My father was from Hungary and my mother was from Denmark and they had nothing. And they became these monstrous stars in this industry that they loved so much. My parents were actors. And I married an actor. I love actors. I love acting. I love the job we get to do. I love being a part of a crew. I love being a part of a cast. It's such a beautiful job. And I know that so many people in our industry who are actors don't get to do this job. And you look at nights like this and think, is that ever going to be possible for me? And I know you look at me and think, well, Nepo baby, that's why she's there. And I totally get it. But the truth of the matter is I'm 64 years old and this is just amazing. They can get a bad rap to some extent. You know, I feel like the thing that's true, what they say is it gets you in the door but doesn't keep you in the room, you know? But, like, I feel like she's the kind that's, like, has convinced herself she would have had the exact same career if her parents weren't Janet Lee and Tony Curtis, who were, like, big stars in their day, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and I just I really did not like her in that movie, and I don't want her to get an Oscar. <laughs> I liked her in that movie. I don't want her to get that Oscar, though, because I want somebody else to get it. But in general, I always feel like the Academy likes when beauty goes ugly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they you do know, like that. they want you to have a black eye. They want you to gain weight. They want, you know, like that weird nose. Love that. <laughs> they love that. They love that and so much like, more than just like a regular looking person being yeah. regular looking. Yes. You know, <laughs> like someone who just is. Regular. They're like, there's nothing more brave than pretending to be hideous when you're actually beautiful. Right. <laughs> yes. Like, case in point, Brendan Fraser in a giant oh. suit oh for that God. whale movie. Yeah. Instead of having a fat person. He's very part, you know? adamant about not. Not referring to it as a fat suit because like you'll branding. never hear me calling it that or That's something so like that what like, it's like yeah he like, big deal. Yeah, like you're he's... still in it in a movie called the whale right what do you we call hair to split yeah that is <laughs> just call it a whale suit you know, <laughs> right, I know. Oh, they probably just call it the suit <laughs> i have to go into makeup now yeah Ugh, I yeah. Just, I feel like in 30, maybe, who knows when, but someday we'll be looking back on that movie as, like, Song of the South or something, but... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's so crazy that everyone's like, it's fine because he's not the villain, he just... I feel like even <laughs> right now it's at best, like, half and half, you know? I think most of the support of that movie is of him and his performance... You know, like, yeah. people really love Brendan Fraser. Because he's such a nice guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he had something, sort of like a Me Too thing, right? He did, yeah. yeah. So I feel like it's that. Like, it seems like he's, like, a legit 
nice guy that had a hard time in the way that usually it's like women in Hollywood have a hard time. And he's a hometown hero. Oh, there you yeah. go. Graduate of Cornish. Oh, really? Oh, really? <laughs> I had no idea. I was like, what hometown? That's I know. <laughs> Cornish's most famous graduate. Oh, my wow. God. I thought he was Canadian. I could have sworn he was Canadian. Maybe Is it just because he was in that Dudley Do Right movie? <laughs> <laughs> he just did such a good job being Canadian. In he really disappeared into that mounty suit. So I'm a fan of Brendan Fraser. The Mummy is probably one of my all-time favorite movies. I don't love that movie with the audio, but from a visual perspective, it is a bisexual me's dream of Rachel Weisz. Brendan Fraser looking pretty good, and then also John Hanna, who I really love. What does he play? In he's uh, I think he's Rachel Weisz's brother. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. He's like the, a character the actor. Guy, the warrior that's trying to keep them from getting to the tomb. I don't remember it that well. <laughs> yeah, so very hot movie. <laughs> like the mummy yeah. comes to life. He's, oh, that's true. It's not hard to look at. Yeah. I have a soft spot for that movie <laughs> because I think the first time I saw it, or one of the times I saw it, I had a fever. Oh. Really sick. And like dozing in and out of this feverish like, <laughs> dream, and you would just wake up and be like, "Is this my fever dream?" That <laughs> seems fun. <laughs> I was like, I fell asleep for a while. What did I miss? Yeah. Turns out nothing. The yeah, he's still chasing that. <laughs> so I highly recommend. He's that turned into sand said. again. Oh no! Yeah, like, the mummy. You're not like, oh, I'm I'm totally lost now because I fell asleep for five minutes. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> I remember him from Encino Man, and like uh, this movie that I remember school time. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, 92 or something? That had a lot of 90s heartthrobs in it. Yeah. <laughs> he was really good in Gods and Monsters. I love the Gods, mm-hmm. Gods, Gods and Monsters. Movie. Movie. But yeah, I really like him, and I feel like he's kind of the favorite for the best actor. But I feel like it's... your Austin Butler is the favorite. Oh, oh God. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. Not. You talk about a visceral reaction. I can't Elvis was so offensive. It was designed to be like something you would hate. It absolutely was. And the only reason I watched the whole thing is because my friend Elise was over and we have a thing where we watch bad movies. I mean, it tested. I mean, there were many times throughout where we were like, are we going to really finish this? Because it's so... So awful, but we just kept passing the joint around and like, maybe it'll get better. Oh, Lord, it is so offensive. It's offensive to cinema. It's offensive to blues musicians, because I swear to God, there's like a whole thing where he goes to a revival at the beginning, and he's like, this music is amazing, and then... He goes into the church and he like has an experience and all the black people gather around him and they raise him up and it's like they've anointed him as one of them. And then later on, he's like talking to B.B. King and B.B. King's like, I know you stole my song, but you do a real good job. Ugh. Kind of interesting so- <laughs> way to address cultural appropriation. I know. But he I said it was okay. Yeah. <laughs> Elvis had a hood pass, actually. <laughs> I mean, I just couldn't really get past Tom Hanks's. Oh, that was awful. Talk about a wild accent. Yeah, and it just it annoyed me to no end that he was the narrator. Like I was like, I don't, I don't like this angle. Like I I just, I didn't like that angle. Seriously, like I felt like it was like Walk Hard. It definitely made Walk Hard look like a serious drama. Yeah, (laughs) Hollywood loves. I know. I mean, I would have never in a million years seen Bohemian Rhapsody as much as I did, which I didn't finish that movie. I was so offended. I would never have guessed that that would have won awards. I just, because it was, seemed so objectively terrible. Like a lifetime, not even a lifetime, I mean, lifetime would do a better one. (laughs) It was so bad. And so now I'm like, I don't even know what the fuck they're going to do. Maybe they think 
Elvis is the most brilliant movie they've ever seen. Who knows? Have any of you watched Blonde? No. It was hard to get through. I watched some of it, like, just fast forward. Three hours long. It's long. and it's like all really long this year. It's really bad. It's some really terrible parts. Like, her unborn fetus, like, talking oh, oh jesus christ <laughs> and like, wow. she gets treated like garbage in the movie yeah, like in like a very like movie. yeah like misery porn kind yeah. of mm-hmm. way and i just that's another one like mm-hmm. hollywood mm-hmm. loves people that play famous hollywood people yeah, yeah. and yeah. i was kind of surprised and it doesn't matter whether it says something about the performer or yeah. not it's just that they did it the fact that they did it is worthy of recognition yeah <laughs> and they also i always feel like in particular with the lead actress category they really like an actress whose performance is good in an otherwise crappy movie <laughs> yeah. these are my takes mm-hmm. of the year so I'm like well maybe that's why that nomination happened maybe she did a good job playing Marilyn I don't like well when like uh, Renee Zellweger won for Judy I yeah. was just like what like, yeah. I didn't even know she was not I don't know yeah. it was just like yeah, I watched really part of that. I could tell that she was doing a good job, but that the movie was trash. So <laughs> not as good as yeah. Jinx Monsoon. Oh my god, uh, <laughs> no. We just saw her in Chicago. Oh, you did. Oh, it we was uh, amazing. We yeah. Just, or that reason. Oh my god, really? I was literally just looking at tickets. Like you maybe should go. You should do it. Absolutely, one hundred percent worth so much it. Travel coming it's up for work production. and stuff that it's like I can't justify it, but oh. I think it's worth it. I do. You should. Okay. It's not just that she does a good job. It's the whole production is so good, too. Really good. Right. Roxy is really, really yeah. good. I love it. It's a real minimalist stage, and they really lean into the Fosse choreography. I love it. So good. And and the costumes are all very cool. I just love things. <laughs> the yeah, other Cornish graduate. I, I did know that. I'm like the one yeah. We claim her yeah, even though she's from her. Portland, but Seattle claims her because yeah. as her own. We'll share with Portland. We love sharing mm. with Portland. <laughs> yeah, so someday Jinx maybe will hopefully will be nominated for an Oscar. <laughs> yeah, I want to see her ego. Yeah. Hell yes. <laughs> I went to DragCon last year and um, saw a panel like afterwards that's like, and so I got a picture taken with her, which I will share with all of you. Oh, yes. So she looks just as gorgeous from this far away. Yes. Really gorgeous. And was super gracious. I was like, I used to work at Cornish. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jinxie, wish we could just right. talk about you all night. <laughs> like, now, whenever I'm like, I don't know about that performance, I'm going to pretend like it was Jinx Monsoon. So Jinx Monsoon in Blonde. Yes. Just replace everyone. Right. I love that. I yeah, I mean, I could totally <laughs> jinx one soon as the IRS person in yeah. Everything Everywhere All at Once. Oh, yeah. She she would nail that. She would be great. Okay, so let's, just let's maybe we should place. start with categories. Wait, we should get into the categories. Oh, okay. okay You're right. Let's finish the surprises then. Okay, well, Paul Mescal. That's true. Surprise. Before this year, I knew him as the cute guy in The Lost Daughter. Oh, I'd never seen him in anything else, but apparently he had a little bit of a following. Okay. It's kind of a heartthrob. Also, Ruben Ostland, I don't know how you say his name, the director. Ruben Ostland. Triangle of Sadness. Mm-hmm. I think that oh, yeah, was kind of a surprising like nomination. Yeah. And then I already said Judd. Yeah, Hirsch, it is really always interesting. I think now that you can have 10 Best Picture nominees, it's more interesting, like, what of the Best Picture ones get 
also nominated for Best Director. Mm-hmm. You know? Yes. And then it wasn't always like a straight five and five, you know, sometimes. But it is always curious when something is nominated for Best Picture but not Best Director. It absolutely is. I still don't think we need 10 Best Picture nominees, but... I don't mind. Yeah, I don't mind it. I mean, movies are fun. I have so many opinions about so much of this. I could easily cancel five of these Best Picture nominees. Here are the 10 nominees for Best Motion Picture of the Year. All Quiet on the Western Front. Malta Glunut, producer. Avatar, The Way of Water. James Cameron and John Landau, producers. The Banshees of Inna Sharon, Graham Broadbent, Pete Chernin, and Martin McDonough, producers. Elvis, Baz Luhrmann, Catherine Martin, Gail Berman, Patrick McCormick, and Skylar Weiss, producers. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Daniel Kwan, Daniel Scheinert, and Jonathan Wong, producers. The Fablemans, Christy McCosco-Krieger, Steven Spielberg, and Tony Kushner, producers. Tar, Todd Field, Alexandra Milshon, and Scott Lambert, producers. Top Gun Maverick, Tom Cruise, Christopher McQuarrie, David Ellison, and Jerry Bruckheimer, producers. Triangle of Sadness, Eric Hemendorf and Philippe Gobert, producers. And Women Talking, <laughs> Didi Gardner, Jeremy Kleiner, and Francis McDormand, producers. Narrow it right the fuck down. <laughs> I know what I would get rid of. What would you get rid of? Well, first of all, talk about surprises. All Quiet on the Western Front? What the fuck? I oh, didn't God. hear about it. I was like, isn't that a movie from like the 50s? What no, are we no, talking no, about? No, no. It is the A Star is Born of War movie. I swear to God, like literally every generation. So I think the first one was in like, the 30s and then there was one. Like <laughs> Ernest Bor- Borgnine was in one. But it's not 90s. as fun as A Star is Born. <laughs> I know, but it's like literally made so many oh. times. Interesting. And my dad Dad and I were talking about this movie and he's like, yeah, the only thing that's different because it's based on a book is the technology that we have now for special effects, which means it's just being gorier. Yeah. And I feel like that was really accurate. It was really hard to watch. I mean, I did not want to watch that. (laughs) War movies and Westerns, I'm like not super into usually, but yeah. Like, I almost threw up once. Wow. Yikes. Hard. Yeah. yeah. I hate war movies. I mean, even, like, the most anti-war movies, it's still a little challenging for me, you know? Yeah. Because, yeah, war is hell, so let's fucking not do it anymore. Let's not make any movies about it anymore. Let's talk about nice things. Let's not rehash that bullshit war over and over again. Yeah, it was really <laughs> rough. And, you know, you really see the contrast between the guys making the decisions who are, you know, drinking tea and having steak and the guys who are there at the front lines who are like having to steal in order to have some food um, yeah but it's like that's that we've seen division. that stuff yeah <laughs> before i don't know yeah no, what does it have to new. say that we haven't heard before nothing it didn't say anything i know <laughs> <laughs> i mean but in all fairness yeah. many of the things that we're referencing came after the book so probably i mean who knows you know maybe the book was saying something new when it first came out yeah that's true but no, it was hard to watch. And it's one of the ones where I'm like, this thing I do where I try to see all the movies, maybe maybe I don't want to do that anymore. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> questioning that. I would absolutely get rid of Avatar. Yeah, same, 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 same. Elvis, out of there. Top Gun, out of there. It doesn't mean that they weren't enjoyable films, right? I went into Top Gun wanting to hate it. I'm going to hate this (laughs) intentionally on purpose just because it has Tom Cruise in it. And then I actually really loved it and it was great and super fun to watch. I enjoyed it completely. But yeah, I was like, really? Best picture? I mean, I know, right? Mm -hmm. Fun action movie. And say like Avatar, my friend and I saw it in 3D and we were like, this is really enjoyable. And when it was over, 
you know, we were like, wow, I can't believe that was three hours. It didn't, oh, wow. three hours went That's by really quickly, hours. which mm-hmm. is saying something. The plot, meh. But going around underwater with like alien underwater <laughs> life forms, that was pretty awesome for three hours, yeah. you know. It's you know, a spectacle, it but it's not a best picture. Not a best picture. <laughs> well, honestly, I know this is an unpopular opinion, but I would take out everything everywhere all at once. I hated them. <laughs> and I feel like, I know, I say I have to come out to you. And it's like, I wanted to like this movie. The discourse about this movie is very irritating to me personally, specifically, because I feel like people are very weird about people not liking this movie. But the first time I saw it, I went in totally blind. And halfway through when the title card came up for like part two, I was, I was like, what? Like, <laughs> I thought I was almost over. Like, oh, really? I guess, like, what? Right? I'm like, okay. But at the end of it, I was like, it wasn't like really my thing, but I was like, it was fine. But then I watched it again. And I wish I hadn't watched it a second time. The second time, I really really disliked it a lot and I it like was bugging me like later like it kind of stuck with me in a really bad way and like I respect it like stuff that people like about it I can respect it just didn't work for me that happens. But so it's been a very annoying award season. <laughs> we, still, we still love you. I didn't quite get it when I first saw it. So I'm a member of SIF, so I, I got mm-hmm. an invitation to an early screening and saw it at the Egyptian and was mostly just sort of confused and having a hard time tracking mm-hmm. things, which reminded me of how it was for me to see The Matrix when that first came out. Yeah. I was kind of like, what? Mm. Um, so when I saw it again, it kind of was like, oh, now I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, much more sense and it was pretty enjoyable and I thought the acting was great and also I don't know like I'm a sucker for a comeback story I'm a sucker for like I've been my whole career without getting nominated so some of my support for the film has to do with my emotional response to the people that are in it yeah I like support all that that'd be great if Michelle Yeoh won that's great like good for her you know she's not what I didn't like about it you know right but I feel like sometimes not you're I'm not saying you're doing this but like sometimes people it's a movie has this nice message or whatever and if you're like I don't like that movie that means like you don't support that message (laughs) (laughs) you hate puppies right right I think the film also I was thinking about this today it's a story about a family and it just happens to have this backdrop of all this like multiverse shenanigans, mm-hmm. you know, but it's really about a family. I don't mm-hmm. know, which makes it It absolutely relatable. is, yeah. That's I mean that's what I liked about it was it's about mothers and children and expectations and expectations for your own life and for your children's lives and just how hard it can be to communicate with people that you love so much. Mm-hmm. But I can also totally, I mean, I'm, I was so surprised that it was so universally beloved after I saw it because it seemed like the kind of thing that usually would be so niche, so especially with the Daniels and their previous work. They were the farting corpse movie people, you know? <laughs> and I mean, that's a movie that's beautiful too, but it's it's a weird, beautiful movie and that seemed like their thing. And now it's like, oh, they're mainstream all of a sudden. You know, that's really weird. And why is that? And I do see what Amy's saying about it does get to the point where like you're not allowed to have any sort of critique of it. I mean, that's what critique is. It's not like this sucked. It's okay, this could have been better, or I preferred this sort of angle. But it can be really hard if people are so emotionally tied to it. Like, I remember that being kind of with Jojo Rabbit. That was like, yeah. 
And I really hated Jojo Rabbit too, but it was like anytime you talked about it, it would be like, what do you love, Nazis? No, no. Hey, that's what I was <laughs> It's like, you know, like there's a thing of like, well, whatever, like, be kind or whatever. And it's like, oh, so you are against kindness. You know, it's like, yeah. well, I just thought like the multiple scenes of someone like trying to land his ass on the thing was dumb. You know, like I thought all the dumb stuff was very dumb. And I don't even feel bad calling it dumb stuff because mm-hmm. like in the movie, it's like, I know the word they use isn't dumb, but it's like you have to do like the dumbest thing to jump to the next yeah. multiverse. Like, yeah. Wet your pants and do this. And like, how many times are we going back to the hot dog fingers? Like, all of that did not work for me. It just didn't. So it's annoying where it's like, well, this is this beautiful movie about generational trauma. And it's like, sure, great. And I'm glad <laughs> that people got that out of it. Like, even The Rocks, I thought was kind of neat. I thought that was a neat idea. Like, okay, we're in a universe that doesn't support life. But then I thought the dialogue in The Rock scene was, again, just like dumb. <laughs> you know, like there was so much I'm like, I went into this movie totally open to it, you know, and it's really annoying when people are just like dismissed as like, oh, you're just trying to be contrarian or you're a hater or whatever. I wanted to be, <laughs> you know, like, I love it for anybody that loves it. You know, like, this is my thing. Yeah. I like it when people like it. Yeah, stuff. you're That's not. That's my bio on Facebook, actually, you know. This movie did not do it for me. I regret seeing it a second time. Like, the way I watched it a second time because we're going to podcast about it and because Jessica and Matt both really loved it. I'm like, to see like what people saw in it i regret seeing it the second time i liked it even less like a lot less the second time <laughs> i feel like the bajancy is gonna get you there was like an snl skit where the people are yes! hanging out and then yes! one of them says they don't like beyonce and the next thing you know it turns into one of those movies where the government is like <laughs> like his debit card doesn't work anymore i can't like go anywhere because the agency is after oh, because, like, how dare you not like beyonce that's really right. this is, like, see there you go i think it's bizarre to expect everybody to like the thing that you like yeah. and i don't understand even why that's important it's someone. Like, art of course right. not everyone's well, gonna and like it's all one the same thing if, like, if you like someone and someone goes to you specifically to trash it knowing that you love it that's different right. i understand that weird. but i really there's not anything that i love that i'm like I don't understand why someone else wouldn't like it. It's like, I want to bring back, like, the hipster, you know, of, like, people who actively don't want other people to like their things. You wouldn't like it. You wouldn't get it. You've probably never heard of it. Like, I, I want that mentality You've probably never back. heard of it. Like, right. <laughs> like, the international mating call of the hipster. Right. It's not even a thing anymore. Like, everyone's heard of everything. There's yeah, nothing yeah, you haven't heard of. Except for All Quiet on the Western Front. <laughs> oh, God, just so hard so hard Oof. well we're, just, we're going through the best pictures so let's keep okay. doing that uh, can we talk about the banshees of is it in a sharon yes in a sharon she's being funny she's like i was i became oh, yeah. incredibly obsessed with it okay. <laughs> it spoke to me almost every line of dialogue spoke to me in that movie mm-hmm. <laughs> i like to describe it as it's like a dream where i am every character in the movie except for the cop and the priest okay yeah that makes sense I would like to see it win for original screenplay. Yes, me too. I agree that more than any of the other films nominated for original screenplay, that is a film where the dialogue is really significant. Mm -hmm. The words that they choose are significant to the plot. I mean, it's written like a play. Hard time with it, but not unhappy hard time. Mm -hmm. Or just like, uh, so they said this was a comedy? No, but it's... Really dark. Right. Really That's the same dark. as like in yeah. It's just like, oh, this 
like buddy action yeah. comedy. It's a black <laughs> comedy. I mean, I, I would call it an Irish comedy because that yeah. is what Irish comedy is. It's very well steeped in death. I mean, the Catholicism is a big part of it, but yeah, it's I, just like they're raised to be always reminded of death. Yeah, and I, I mean, I, I read something about it too, just about it's like an allegory for the yes. Irish fighting the Irish. And so the, these two guys are sort of representing all of the Irish at war with each other mm-hmm. in a way that is just completely destroying themselves and destroying each other and in the end there's not really any good reason for it yeah yeah like hacking your fingers off was just so like i really don't want to see your friend right he's depressed that's a, the, yeah. Yeah. it's an extreme reaction to depression yeah also and, aren't there only like a hundred people on the whole island like, <laughs> yeah how do you not see this guy yeah. like you literally live on this island that has like five people on it he's one of your five people anyway i feel like a very unreasonable right. request well I, don't ever talk to me ever it absolutely is the civil war in ireland having these enemies that are just kind of like you're my enemy now <laughs> You know, like the scene in the end where they almost seem like they're friends for like a glimpse. Suppose my house makes us quits. If you'd stayed in your house, that would have made us quits. But you didn't, did you? So it doesn't, does it? I'm sorry about your donkey, Pollock. Honestly, I am. I don't fucking care. Haven't had any rifle fire from the mainland in a day or two. I think they're coming to the end of it. I'm sure they'll be at it again soon enough, aren't you? Some things there's no moving on from. And I think that's a good thing. Horik, thanks for looking after me dog for me anyways. Anytime. No, they're your sworn enemy. I don't know. <laughs> yeah that movie yeah the depression <laughs> thing definitely hit me like everybody on the island is just sort of losing their minds or something absolutely like, i do think it's a big people. uh it's kind of a big advertisement for moving to the city yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> it's like if you feel like you want to cut your fingers off you should just go live in dublin yeah. you can talk to people who have different perspectives and that's a lot of it is just like that people have the same conversations over and over again and because they're so myopic and then that's mm-hmm. why they can't see the big picture and stop fighting either. Yeah, <laughs> how insidious yeah. it was like with the male lady reading her mail. Yes. Because like, <laughs> she wants the stuff. news. She's oh jonesing God. for news so bad right. because there isn't any fucking right. news on this tiny island. I felt so bad <laughs> for that sister. Like I was like, girl, you gotta get out of there. Yeah. Like, this is a dead end life. Get yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. glad she, she did. <laughs> I'm so yeah, glad she came. But then I felt bad for him because you know he was just so all alone. Yeah. Um, made me sad. The movie. Was sad <laughs> I don't like loneliness, and I felt oh. like the movie had a lot of loneliness. Like, yeah. Even when people were interacting with other people, it felt like there was a lot of loneliness involved. Absolutely. Yeah. But it was very good. <laughs> and also, I really think everyone who was nominated deserved their nomination. Mm-hmm. I mean, I thought the supporting actors were really good in that yeah particularly the one who plays the younger mm-hmm. very like, smart guy yeah <laughs> not very smart guy. i was kind of like yeah he's he's doing a great job he's really good he yes. has a lot of really good lines I mean, he's the comic relief, right? He's almost everything he says is funny, even though he's a tragic character. Ultimately, tragic clown. He's like the 
the fool in the Shakespearean play. I just love the, what is he, 12? And it's like, yeah, exactly. Like, these people are yeah. not being rational. And I like when he's like yelling out him at the pub to play, so he's like, play something dancey. <laughs> None of that maudlin shit. I like when he's with the sister and he's like, I don't suppose you'd fall in love with a guy like me. It was oh. so like, funny. No, definitely not. <laughs> yeah. But again, like, yeah, he, he could move to the city and maybe find someone who could, but instead, you know, he can't see that far. Yeah. <laughs> no one could see a way out except for Shaban. Well. What else in the best picture? The Fablemans. I feel like that's my everything everywhere where I thought that movie fucking sucked for the most part. And I'm gonna have a hard time defending that, I guess, but... <laughs> Uh, I didn't even see it, so... I mean, I kind of have a love-hate relationship with movies that are love letters to Hollywood or whatever. They tend to be pretty cheesy. And then this is a love letter to Steven Spielberg specifically, written by Steven Spielberg, <laughs> and I just couldn't fucking take it. There were so many shots of people like, oh, you're never gonna amount to anything, and then he's like, watch this, and he puts the projector on, and everyone slowly warms up to him, and their mouths agape as they watch this brilliance unfolding in front of them. And I was just aware every moment of that, that it's like, this is about himself. It's just such a big wank. He's just having a huge wank on the screen. I feel like this yeah. is like your rant about <laughs> yeah. yeah. about yourself. You made a movie about yourself. And he made some good movies, but he also made some hot fucking garbage. And I don't think that he deserves to have a movie that purports that he's going to be the next John Ford. Fuck mm -hmm. you. But he did have a perfect cameo in David Lynch, and I'm really glad that he went for that because for me, it's nice that it's at the end because if you start the movie almost at the end, then it's a great movie. <laughs> <laughs> you watch just the last 20 yeah. minutes. It's really good. <laughs> I enjoyed the movie. I really really appreciated seeing a Jewish family in a movie being Jewish, celebrating Hanukkah and doing Jewish things. But how did you feel about them that. not being played by Jews though? I don't even register that. No? Okay. Yeah. I did get a little annoyed at Michelle Williams' accent some of the time. Like I was kind of like, mm -hmm. oh God, this is like really over the top. I was like, what did his mom sound like? Because the voice is so stylized, but then there was a recording of her and I was like, okay, I guess that's pretty accurate. Mm. But, <laughs> but yeah, I totally get what you mean. As like a coming of age film. I enjoyed it and I thought it was cool seeing the inventive ways they tried to make a film when he's like 12 and you know, <laughs> creative things that they did. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I wasn't like blown away by it. I probably would be a little upset if it won. Trying to decide mm -hmm. if I'd be upset if it won. But I didn't hate it. It didn't feel like a waste of time. It was one that I was a little bit dreading. Yeah. I was like, but mm -hmm. I watched it and I was like, yeah, that was good. Also really loved David Lynch. That yes. Was, that was a nice <laughs> surprise. And I also thought Seth Rogen. Yeah. was just like really good in that movie. And he is terrific. And it really, you noticed <laughs> that it was him at first. Yeah. Like it took me a while that maybe there was like a close up on his face at one point that I was like, oh my God. <laughs> okay, wow. So I thought he did a really good job. And I mostly appreciated the story as a story about the mom and like mm -hmm. her being like this artistic creative person that feels really stifled by her sort of engineering husband and kind wants to be this more like creative life i like that storyline yeah but then it was like kind of unfair to her a lot of the time because yeah i mean it definitely seemed like it wasn't just the steven spielberg character saying it it seemed like the narrative was saying like she was actually really selfish because she had desires yeah 
even though she kept them deep down inside, I found out about them and that made me mad. Fuck you, dude. True. Your mom I mean, has an internal life. That's not any of your business. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, I think he was what, like 12 or 13 or something that we like can't really reasonably expect kids to be... I don't know. I don't have kids. But in my mind, yeah. <laughs> I don't really feel like 12 or 13 is reasonable to expect them to understand that their parents have any kind of internal life at all. They haven't even figured out their own internal life yet. As I mean, adult, maybe that's when you learn it, but you let them yeah. explain it to you. You don't get mad at them. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't like it. I was already not enjoying this kid, and then he did that, and I'm like, ooh. Yeah. To me, they do work through that. Like, that is how he learns that. Oh, my mom is like a person. Like, I think they kind of come around to understanding that they actually have a lot in common with each other. And it was interesting how he kind of aligned more with his dad or aligned more with his mom mm-hmm. throughout different parts of the movie. If it didn't win anything, I would be kind of like, yeah, I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Spielberg seems very beloved. It's one of those like, yeah, I guess he's got a good shot. I mean, <laughs> I didn't see the movie, but yeah, I didn't. I have uh, an opinion. I didn't see it. <laughs> I, I feel like he's fine. He's made lots of fine movies and some bad movies. I don't have strong feelings about him at all. Okay, let's talk about Tar. Oh my god. <laughs> let's bad. talk I about Tar, opinion. baby. <laughs> You both saw it separately and didn't like it. And finally, I'm like, all right, I'm just going to watch it because it was streaming and they could watch it. I was home, no kids, no nothing to do. And I'm like, oh my God, I really like it. I was so sick. I was like, fine, I'll hate watch R, I guess. And I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, I know. Oh. Yeah. I love it. There. There's this yeah. like very different opinions. You're not. I know. Like, we all three loved this. Now I feel uh, like I want to see it again I, though because Amy liked it specifically. Well, I, hope, I mean, I hope it doesn't happen like yeah. what happened when we see well, everything. I mean, I did now. read a lot about it and I realized there were things that I just didn't get when I first saw it and I was like, I guess I'm too dumb for Dar. <laughs> I watch it again when, when I understand what he's going for. So I was surprised that I didn't like it that much because I love Kate Blanchett and there were things that I really did like but overall it just was dragging for me and I found the conversations about like and I know that's the point but like every time she was talking about conducting and music I was just like I'm so bored <laughs> but then she would say something catty in German and I'd be back in and I did really love the kid who played her daughter I thought she was so interesting an interesting character and an interesting actor portraying that character. I thought it was boring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was long and I wasn't like, oh God, this movie, you know, but I was just sort of watching it like I had nothing better to do. Right. Right? It's just moving at the pace of actual life. It felt like, like this movie is taking right. place over five years and it's actually taking five years. <laughs> and then at the very end, suddenly something's happening, you know, for like the last like 20 minutes. Then it's just like, and here's her like completely unraveling. Blah, 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 blah. And then that was that. But the whole like two hours leading up to that I was just like yeah this is really boring Mm -hmm. kind of like mundane feeling and I thought her performance was really good but there were other performances I like more so I saw it with my sister and her wife we really liked it like we kept talking about it for days because it was just like a lot to process I like I've only seen it the one time in the theater but Kate Blanchett was I just thought she was so good in it like the scenes with her and the New Yorker person interviewing her that felt like really real to me like this very intellectual she's just sort of like worshipped in this way that 
it's like she's godlike in the <laughs> beginning and, yeah. and and she believes this about yeah. herself mm-hmm. and is in control of everything and then you see her like she's obsessive about being in control and she just descends into this like paranoia <laughs> madness. I felt like so sucked in to her life <laughs> and her perspective and it's just like things are going awry here <laughs> yeah. and I thought the woman who played her wife was really yeah, good. Yeah, that sure. relationship was really interesting and about how maybe her wife was sort of upholding this power structure. It's just like interesting to see different ways that people can be complicit to this whole power structure mm-hmm. of, uh, in these ways that don't seem totally obvious at first. If her <laughs> kid was really, really good and it was creepy. I thought it was a really creepy movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was I wanted creepy. it to be creepier. I like that's when I liked it the most was when she finds the metronome in her house and I really liked it after she hits her head. Everything after that is pretty interesting yeah. and it made me really wish that the rest of the movie had been like that. That's what I love. It's such a neat wild detail that when she's running and she hears the scream mm-hmm. and it's literally the screaming from Blair Witch Project. Like that's such really? a... Didn't know oh, that I didn't know that. I didn't find that out until way later and I, I'm like wow. Yeah I just saw that on Twitter and I thought it was a joke and no it is really. It's Heather screaming at the end of Blair Witch Project. Oh my like, god. So like, it's a good movie sampling other movies. <laughs> I like that. Cool. <laughs> One thing I liked a lot about this movie, something I don't like about movies nowadays is like all the discourse, you know, it's always like, what's this movie saying? What's this doing? Like Glass Onion, which is like enjoyable, but I feel like that movie is the filmmaker is telling you these are the good people and these are the bad people. Practically every character Mm -hmm. has a label on it. And I feel like this movie, it's just sort of like, here is this character who is complicated, very flawed, not great. And it's just like, make of it what you will. You know, I feel Mm -hmm. like that's one thing I really appreciated about this movie that it was, I'm just presenting this to you and I'm not telling you what to think about her or this story. Yeah. to be thought-provoking, you know, as far as, like, films go, even though a lot of it I was kind of like, is something going to happen? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, I did really wonder what was going on with that weird abandoned building where it was, you know, the woman, the cellist goes yeah. in there. She had said she was staying with a friend until her apartment was ready, but was it really that she was just completely poor and living in this abandoned building like a squatter? Yeah. Or was she, like, leading her to a different building because she needed the boundary or something? Right, like, right. Yeah. Maybe. And then I read an article that was saying that one interpretation would be that, like, everything that happens after she hits her head is actually happening in her head. Mm-hmm. It's not really happening anymore. Just off in her own little paranoid mental hellscape. Which yeah. I really like that interpretation because the camera style changes pretty significantly at that point. And I liked it better. Whatever's happening now, I really like this. So it was thought-provoking. Yeah. And- it was interesting also just thinking about all the times that people with talent are able to abuse other people or manipulate mm-hmm. other people because people want to be close to their talent or ride the coattails. So it's kind of interesting the way that was presented, but it wasn't a movie I loved. Yeah. And I see that like this is the flip-flop for me with everything everywhere all at once where it's like, I really liked this movie, but like if someone's like, I didn't like it. Yeah, I see that. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Like, like, yeah, it is kind super boring like it wasn't boring to me but I can also see how it is like very slow and there's a lot of people talking about their work you know in general it's not something that I like I guess I like people talking about movie making because that's that's a job that's interesting to me but right conductor I mean I can see how someone would make it interesting but the way she talks is so pretentious
Blanchett. I like it. And I yeah. had never liked a Todd Field movie before. And I'm like neutral on Kate Blanchett. Like, she's great, you know, but I don't have any <laughs> strong feelings about her. And I was like, all right, fine. I was like, very surprised. Also, did we yeah. all at least love the apartment for sale? Yes. Yeah, that was really, <laughs> was like, that was weird. I loved that so much. <laughs> Her neighbors are trying to sell their apartment and they're like, are there times when you aren't being oh, yeah. loud? You can know, you so like be quiet? And then she's like, you can't That would be amazing when they had someone else do it, like a real serious version of it. <laughs> oh, Weird Al, maybe. <laughs> I don't know any accordion players besides Weird Al. <laughs> So that's um, tar. So okay. That's tar. <laughs> Are you gonna talk about Top Gun? Maverick? I don't. I don't, feel like, I don't like to. to. <laughs> yeah. I think it's kind of already. Said. Yeah. Like I was actively working up a I will hate this mm-hmm. movie vibe and then was like, oh my God, this is so fun. I love it. <laughs> they did a really good job. It was super entertaining, engaging, really exciting. The pacing of all the flying stuff. It was like, yeah, ooh, ooh, you know, like it was a very good Top Gun remake. Does not I can see how if you like Top Gun, it. then you would like that movie. I do not like Top Gun. I don't like Tom Cruise. I, I feel like his it. character is so shitty. He endangers people's lives <laughs> constantly. That's what's different about Maverick. Oh, yeah. He's not a Maverick. He's not a Maverick anymore. He's not safe. I just and I hate Tom Cruise. I hate him. I can't fucking stand the guy. I don't want to support anything he does. <laughs> I was impressed because I knew there was gonna be like a volleyball scene callback. You did, huh? Okay. There was like a beach football one, and Tom Cruise was in it. He looks really good. <laughs> Doesn't he do all his own stuff? He's stunts? like in his sixties. He does. Yeah. Yes. He looked great. Jennifer Connelly looked great too. I, I also will say I really appreciated that they're both, they're older, and there's this, like, budding relationship happening between them in the movie, and it's nice to see older people getting to... He has an age-appropriate love interest for once. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. age-appropriate love interest, and also, like, you know, they're certainly closer to my age than most couples that I see in films, mm-hmm. so it's yeah. sort of nice to see, oh, nice. I you know, see older people going on a <laughs> date and being like, oh, I think they like me, you know. <laughs> like, there's a scene where her daughter's like, don't break her heart again. Oh, were they in a relationship? before yeah i guess maybe in the first one i haven't seen well is she supposed to be the kelly mcgillis character i don't know because jennifer connelly was not in the first she's a bar owner at the navy people go to (laughs) (laughs) that's the technical scientific military i'm sure it has some homoerotic sailor (laughs) illusion I mean, conspiracy theories, maybe, but my Top Gun would get nominated, but... Okay, uh, but can we talk about Triangle of Sadness? Yes! I love this movie! (laughs) Fucking loved it. I think, yeah, we're a quorum on that one. Triangle of Sadness rules. Oh my god, I loved everything. (laughs) Yeah, the whole vomiting scene. Oh Oh, god, I just... It was really... It was 
unhinged. I love just the arc of the movie of like yes, where it started to right. where it ended. And, and then just the, the couple craziness. And then it's like, yeah, everywhere that it went. I was on that ride and I was like, I would be on this ride. I forgot about that Dolly DeLion. She was the the maid. I feel like she got snubbed. She could have. Oh. Did she get a Golden Globe nomination? I don't really know, but I thought she was great. And I loved how she became the powerful person mm-hmm. among all these like really wealthy people that that was so great don't know yeah. how to do anything right. and then she takes a shine to the model guy yes. oh my god it was just Everything. so fun like to see the tables turn like that just like the uncomfortableness between the crew on the <laughs> boat and the rich people who think they're being benevolent or something right. like, I know. like oh my god yeah you swim, go in the water whatever oh my god yes and how basically oh, that that's... starts everything because yeah. her insistence on them having fun everyone yeah. uses the water slide and that's why the fish goes bad and that's why yeah. everyone farts <laughs> went so completely off the rails yeah. like sewage just like spewing everywhere <laughs> i was trying to figure out i mean i used to live on a boat so i was kind of like oh I'm like what how did that i was having some suspension of disbelief well there's a storm too boat, right yeah. that was... okay that was the other thing too because the captain's dinner any he day but they're like any day but thursday because and because like that's when it's going to be a storm. So it was like basically yeah. everybody conspires to make, make that like happen. For like a week, Matt would be like, there's this. <laughs> 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 and then like he orders a burger. Yeah. Right. The only one who doesn't eat. Yeah, basically. And then he's locked in his room with a Russian, you know, like, selling Oh my god, that was so funny. They're like off the PA. What? And like chaos. It's just like the whole society just completely like broke down. Yeah. I love how the Russian guy, like, the lights go out and he's like, the ship is going down. Everybody on the crew is like, I love that. Everything about the movie was so fun and it was such a wild ride and I love the way it just yeah it kind of got unhinged you know <laughs> it did say some really interesting things you know like yeah. with the satire that it was presenting the woman who was sort of the cruise manager the chief of staff mm-hmm. whatever. Right. she's not in charge she's not of the wealthy class but she was completely ready to just carry on that setup yeah. and get to the island and they're in theory stranded on a desert right. island and she's just like ready to perpetuate this whole hierarchy well she's like really middle management and she gets kind of benefits yeah it absolutely does so that, yeah. that's a striking in the beginning of the boat ride when she's like talking to the above the line crew or whatever about how if they do a good job they'll get really big tips and then it pans down below deck where all the people down there aren't going to get any part of that even though they're not in the meeting they're already they're just down there working hard and that's all they do is work hard and later scrub up all the vomit everywhere oh my god then it turns out that she's the only one with any life skills. Yes, uh, so funny. And she's in charge. Right. I thought that was so brilliant. And those scenes of the above deck crew and the below deck crew reminded me, this is going to sound really weird, but it reminded me of Titanic. Oh, no, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yes. That was, to me, the most interesting thing about Titanic was the Completely. presentation of the class divisions mm-hmm. and the crew. You know, crew versus guest and then you know, the different types of crew and that was kind of the most interesting thing in that movie for me and I saw that in this movie too yeah this is my question mm-hmm. as we know spoiler alert mm-hmm. the movie ends and Dolly DeLeon's character is about to bash the Instagram girl's mm-hmm. head in with a rock then it cuts
cuts out so we don't see what mm-hmm. happens. We just see the guy mm-hmm. running. So what do you think happens? Does he get there in time? Does she bash the girl's head in with a rock and then bashes his head in with a rock when he shows up? Well, I think him think? running has to do with right before they find the elevator, the woman with the weird, she had like a stroke or something and she can't talk. Oh, right. mm-hmm. And she's sitting in the pool and then the guy that's selling the hats approaches her because he's just like, he's from the other part of the island. So I think the model guy's running because he's like, oh, we just found out that there's people on this island. But I actually do know what was scripted for the ending. Do you want to hear? (laughs) And in fact, they shot it. They shot her actually bludgeoning the model to death. So she was surprised when she saw the movie that it cut out before. Wow. I want to feel like she didn't do it. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty bad. You shouldn't do that. (laughs) She had it coming. No, she did not. We can can get back and you can be my assistant. Well, that, yeah, but like, should she be murdered for that? Yeah. Oh, like, for like, yeah. 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 Yeah.
speak to it, unfortunately, because I haven't seen it yet. I didn't watch it. But I do like Sarah Polly movies generally, but also I watched a trailer of it and I can't stop thinking about my friend Matt Fisher from the X-Rated Pod who saw it and wanted to like it so badly, but he's like, it's an ugly movie. Like, why does it look like that? And I watched the trailer and it just makes you want to constantly reach for your remote and adjust the color. They just forgot to send it to color correcting for some reason. I can really see how that would detract from it. He kept thinking it would be like a Wizard of Oz thing where at some point everything would come into full color, but it never did. Oh, God. Oh God. Huh. I yeah. didn't really notice that. I mean, I guess sometimes you might make the scene look more dismal because the situation is dismal. I mean, their situation is dismal. Mm-hmm. Did you see it? I haven't seen it. Oh, uh, it looks like a tough movie to watch. It wasn't as tough as I thought. Yeah. There's some scenes where you see blood on the sheets or blood on their nightgowns. So there's like implied sexual violence. Mm -hmm. There's not where you actually see violence happening. It's Mm -hmm. all very implied. It actually felt like a play. The whole thing takes place in this like barn where they're meeting. So one of the women came forward and said, you know, this person assaulted me. Somehow I'm kind of foggy on this, but like the person gets arrested and then literally all of the men go to the town to bail the person out. Oh, wow. And they're given a choice. You can stay or you can go. Mm-hmm. All the women get together and have a vote over whether they should do nothing, stay and fight, or leave. It ends up with stay and fight and leave being kind of tied. But they decide they can't figure it out with a vote, so instead they nominate this little group of women to hash it out amongst themselves okay. to represent all of the women. And so this is their discussion. Okay. They have a certain amount of time to decide because the men are going to be coming back and they need to decide before then. So um. some of the women in this little conversation want to stay and fight. Some of the women want to leave. They have some really interesting deep discussion about why they would want to do one or the other. Mm-hmm. And then there's the school teacher for the colony is there to take the minutes of the meeting. So he's the one man that's like Okay, and that's the Ben Wishaw character? Yeah. Okay. He's a very sweet character, but, you know, that's just them. And then there's sort of scenes where you can kind of see kids playing, and there's other scenes where they're showing, like, things that have happened in the colony. I mean, it was intense. Yeah. But, you know, I wasn't watching it with, like, white knuckles. To me, it felt very much like a play. Mm -hmm. Because it is sort of like, we're in this one setting, and everything's just talking in lines, and... Yeah. I could see that being one that would win for screenplay, because Mm -hmm. it is so dialogue-heavy. It's just all about the dialogue. It's literally women talking. Yeah. Um, In the end... Are you okay with me revealing the end? Yeah. Yeah. I read the book, but I still don't remember. Yeah. (laughs) So, So they decide to leave. You know, it's like a big sacrifice for people they're having to make decisions about like are the boy children coming with them or are the boy children mm. staying no. or some women don't want to leave because they don't want to leave their families and then there's this kind of tension around like the men are coming back and mm-hmm. they have to like get it together to like leave quickly okay uh, one of them her husband comes back and like beats the shit out of her and when they finally see her when it's time to leave she's all beaten up i was fully expecting him to kill her and her to not survive to to leave but she does and then that's it the movie ends with them leaving and i was so mad because i kind of wanted to know what happened Mm -hmm. i was like waiting for that thing at the end of the movie they're like joe went on to college (laughs) (laughs) this person started a knitting collective but we didn't get to see any of that the narrator is like telling the story to someone so it's a female voice narrating telling the story to someone and saying your grandmother so i think that implies that they survived Mm -hmm. a little bit but yeah you don't really know what happens when they leave 
Okay. That's it. Yeah, it wasn't fun to watch. <laughs> it wasn't as wrenching as I think they could have made it. Okay. And like, none of them know how to read or write. That's why they need to have the guy there. In oh, the God. In this colony, they have no other purpose. Yeah. Than to, like, be maids and baby machines. Yikes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's also really clear that the, like, sexual abuse starts at a really young age. Mm-hmm. And that even some of the young boys are also start to participate at a certain point. And so that's why some of the women feel like it's really critical that they leave. Like, they're just yes. like, my daughter is four, and, like, we need to get her out of here before this starts. Um, God. And then the reasons for staying is all very, like, you know, the Bible says we're supposed to practice forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they have some really interesting debate using biblical rationale for okay like why forgiveness isn't the right thing or like yeah forgive but also remove ourselves from the situation or like, yeah it was good good i mean i'm not offended by it being nominated <laughs> <laughs> i do want to see it i wouldn't kick it out yeah. of best picture bed yeah, even no. even without having seen it seems like movies like that with me too like the she said movie that was supposed mm-hmm. to be like oh yeah that got big. really so, buried yeah it just seems like not yeah. a lot of attention on those kinds of movies nope <laughs> not like men fighting and making movies guys tar was a little bit of like this like anti me too you know she's a woman but she's completely like abusing these other women leveraging her power in an entertainment field like women do it too you know Mm, i don't know yeah i didn't have that takeaway at all but I also feel like, again, I didn't feel like that movie was telling people what to think about. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can see that. That's true. I also wondered in that movie, actually, if she were a man, would she have been so destroyed? Probably not. Right? Mm-hmm. So that mm-hmm. also, I mean, it definitely raised questions for me. Yeah. Good art does. Like, I will acknowledge that there was some good right. art happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I almost feel like it was too good for my feeble brain. <laughs> I I really want to watch it again. I'm going to watch it again. We'll see what happens. We'll see. Okay, well, let's wrap up the best picture category by saying which one we think will win and which one we want to win. I guess if I had to predict, I guess I, I don't know. Maybe I think <laughs> everything everywhere all at once. There, it seems that has a lot of support for it. You think that will win? I okay. guess. Either that or the Fablemans will have some big surprise kind of push that it seems a sort of like uncontroversial choice. And they still feel like they have to make up for him with the whole Shakespeare in love for saving Private Ryan thing. Back See, that's a movie of his that I absolutely despise, so. I, I just know he felt like very, you know. Um, I'm sure he did. Obviously, <laughs> like Harvey Weinstein basically bought the best picture that year. Yeah, that might be true. Definitely the wrong movie got picked, but that doesn't mean that his movie should have been picked anyway. I, I mean, I'm not saying I. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. This is Steven Spielberg talking. <laughs> On it, of the ones I've seen, if I had to pick a favorite, like, it's tough. And you do. (laughs) I'm shocked to say this, but I'm picking Tar. Oh, my God, girl. I love it. I love that choice for you. I love it. (laughs) This is how much I really didn't think I was going to watch Tar is a couple weeks ago. Matt and I, in the middle of the day, watched Blue Jasmine. Mm -hmm. Just because Mm -hmm. I was like, because I'm not going to watch Tar, I'll watch a different Kate Blanchett Oscar movie. Yeah. (laughs) But, I mean, I love that movie. I always watch it. But just that's how much I really thought I wasn't going to watch. That's pretty funny. 
<laughs> I agree that it's probably between everything everywhere and the Fablemans and I really don't know which way they'll go because I think it depends on how many of the actors from everything everywhere get awards and and I just know that they fucking love a movie about movies and yeah. making movies and it's such a Hollywood story and yeah. It's a lot of stuff the Academy goes apeshit over. So uh, I feel like it has a really good chance, but there is like this whole narrative about everything everywhere being this sort of little engine that could, which I would prefer that between those two, but obviously The Banshees of Inishirin is my favorite movie on this list. And I'd also be super stoked if Triangle of Sadness won, but I don't think it will. <laughs> <laughs> I think like the top three contender, like I, I think between everything everywhere all at once, the Fablemans, and I'm going to throw in All's Quiet on the... All's Quiet. All is Quiet. All Quiet. All Quiet. All's Quiet, guys. All's Quiet. It's alright. Y'all, y'all don't worry about this. Um, it's like the out-of-nowhere war movie that... It has won a lot of awards, so I guess I'm just like going but it's also a, that. It's up for international feature, so I feel yeah, like that's going to it's gonna go that way. It's a shoe-in for international and then they'll do something else for a best picture. <laughs> <laughs> but I do see what you're saying. Like, if there weren't a movie about Hollywood in here, I would favor the war movie for the Academy choice anyway. Yeah, and I really love Banshees of Inishirin. I think it's going to be everything, everywhere, all at once. I just have a feeling that's going to prevail. I've been listening to some interviews, like, with the actors. Michelle Yao was on WTF, and, like, just listening to her career, like, she, like, broke her back on a film, and, Mm -hmm. like, she's been through a lot of shit yeah. in her 40 plus years of movie making and I just feel like it's got that story. I want that award for her specifically. What was your favorite that you saw? Like your personal favorite if you were the Oscar voter? I would probably do Everything Everywhere All at Once. I really liked it. Okay. It just made me think a lot about like the things that we assign meaning in our lives. Like the idea of family, but also the grass is greener where you water it. That's uh-huh. what is important. And I liked that message from the movie. What about you? Well, I think that the winner will either be Everything Everywhere All at Once or The Fablemans. I think those are the two top contenders. I'm torn about which one I liked best. I liked Everything Everywhere, but I really liked Triangle of Sadness. <laughs> I know it has no chance of winning, but it is the one I had the most fun watching <laughs> and that I thought was like really thought-provoking and interesting. That's yeah. why we have two different answers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's pretty rare that the two intersect your favorite and what will win. I have a heart next to everything, everywhere, all at once. But then I have a little star next to the Fablemans. Because sometimes Mm -hmm. when I'm feeling really jaded, I'm like, ugh, the the Fablemans will probably win. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But I don't know. I think everything, everywhere, all at once is like this kooky little movie that could, you know. It is. It's like nutty little random weird everything. The hot dog hands, that is so bizarre. But there's just so much in that movie that was really weird and mind-bendy. I could see where they can have a hard time. Totally. I guess it's kind of we can try and trans-ish to director. Although, I mean, we kind of talked about all these movies, like you said. Amy said they pull those from the best picture. So I guess we could just say who we think will win and who we want to win for director, and I'll just say who they are too. Todd Field. Tar. The Daniels. Everything Everywhere All at Once. Martin McDonough. The Banshees of Inishirin. Ruben Ostland. Triangle of Sadness. Steven Spielberg. 
The Fablemans. And the award goes to... You know, now that we've been talking about all this, my predictions are that Fablemans is going to win for Best Picture and Director, and then Everything Everywhere All at Once is going to get the acting awards. I think that's where it's going to win. Mm-hmm. It's like Michelle Yeoh. How do you say her name? Yo. Michelle Yeoh will win. And unfortunately, probably Jamie Lee Curtis. Ooh. I feel like she oh. is going. I, 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 believe me. I know. I, I, I know. want to talk about that when we get that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We'll get there. All right. All right. But just We're doing director. director. Okay. Director, who I think will win is Spielberg, who I want to win, I guess, is Todd Field. I, I mean, <laughs> I can't believe I'm all in guitar like this. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm just shocked. Such a twist. <laughs> I, I know. But also, I feel good because. It's a bigger twist than the ending of Tar. How much you liked it. (laughs) For me, the winner is the Daniels. And that's who you want and who you think it will win? You know, I would not be upset if anyone won. Except (laughs) for Spielberg. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There's a lot of the categories this year. Mm -hmm. I actually would be happy for whoever won because they were all really good. I don't necessarily have like a clear favorite in some categories, but Mm -hmm. I just decided a while ago that I'm all in for everything, everywhere, all at once. (laughs) And so I just wanted to win everything. Also, I think it's really cute that they're called the Daniels. It is really cute. Huge. And, I, and I want them to say, and the winner is the Daniels. Mm-hmm. I would like them to say that. Instead that of saying their full names. Yeah. yeah, that would be cool. I'm on the everything, everywhere, all at once train. <laughs> so I, yes. I want them to win, and I think they will win. I absolutely adore the direction of Banshees. I adore a lot of it, but I think the direction is fucking solid. So that's who I'd want to win, but I think it will be the Daniels. If it's not Martin McDonough, I guess I'd want it to be the Daniels. Or Ruben Oslin. I really thought that movie was very well directed also. Anybody but Spielberg, really, honestly. (laughs) Don't encourage that guy anymore. He's gotten plenty of encouragement. Okay, let's move on to actor in a leading role. The nominees are Austin Butler, Elvis, <laughs> Colin Farrell, the Banshees of Inishirin, Brendan Fraser, the Whale, Paul Mezcal, After Sun. <laughs> Did you watch <laughs> Yeah, and Bill Knight, Living. <laughs> but, Sorry, I won't do that. Anymore. That's okay. <laughs> you said you saw Living. What is that? Oh, I did. I, what is oh. that movie? Thank I, you for asking. <laughs> <laughs> I am dying to talk about it. Might it be one of my favorites? Oh wow! Wow! I loved this movie. Damn. I loved it. First of all, it is an adapted screenplay. So he's like a government worker, and he's just a cog. You know, like oh, we'll just put this file over here and like forget about it. And then he gets some sad medical news, given like six months to live, and so starts to have like a shift in his perspective. It sounds all very like, of course, Mm -hmm. that's not how it plays out. Like he's very British. He's like not even telling his son that he's dying. Oh God. And of course, every time they try to tell each other anything, they end up just being like, well, pass them mashed potatoes, you know? There's just some like really great other characters in it. And I cried like sobbing cries for a lot of the movie. Sort of that thinking of like, how would you live your life differently if you knew you were dying? Mm -hmm. But then also like, well, because we are in real time right now. So there was just a lot of that, but I thought it was 
really good and there's dialogue that feels like it's trivial or like mundane but there's so much subtext in it one person says this like four word sentence but they don't know that for the other person there's this like whole bunch of history behind it Mm. it just felt like there was a lot of weight behind things you can like unpack a lot from a little so my friend that I went and saw today we both were like oh my god I loved that movie (laughs) so much so I would be delighted if he won Um, I know he's the odds I checked the odds today seems not they can change though lest we forget the jane campion trajectory (laughs) you never know what can happen between now and the 12th he could be like the anthony hopkins Oh, this oh, is yeah. the fire oh, or whatever. Yeah, that, was, that came out of nowhere. I think when I was looking so at the odds, it's like Brendan Fraser is so far ahead and everybody oh, wow. else in the odds. But yeah, the movie was really good. And like I've said, I pretty much like sobbed off and on the whole time. Like there was a moment in the movie theater where I was like, <laughs> oh, I'm like, going to audibly cry soon. But it felt good. Yeah. And yeah. Some movies you're crying and it doesn't feel good. Yep. Mm-hmm. Feels good to be sad. Anyway, yeah. yeah, there was enough good in it. The sadness was nicely balanced and kind of like a cool, mm-hmm. yeah, had a good ending. I just really enjoyed it. You're making me want to see it now. Oh. I, it was not on my radar. I have really. wanted to see it, but it's hard. You have to see it in theaters, and it wasn't oh, yeah. in theaters for a little while. Yeah, it was not anywhere last week, and I was so bummed about that. It's described as existential, profound, and compelling. I would say that. Um, I've heard it compared to Hal Ashby movies, oh. so that's the. The first thing that made me well, want to see it. Like streaming for like four dollars. Oh well, that's cool. Oh, and one more thing about sure. that film. So it is actually based on an Akira Kurosawa film. Oh wow! So it's adapted from. So that's why it's um, adapted. Yeah, so it's adapted from the 1952 Akira, and then that was apparently inspired by a Russian novel by Leo Tolstoy. Oh wow! Yeah, it's an adaptation of an adaptation. So the screenplay is by Kazuo Ishiguro. Oh. That person is nominated for adapted screenplay, okay. which I would love to see. It That's great. Wow. Mm-hmm. So your pick for actor, you would like Bill Nye to win, and you think. Brendan Fraser will win? Yeah. Is it correct? Okay. That is, that's my assessment. All right. Gosh, I I guess I think Brendan Fraser will win, too. The odds in Vegas are kind of accurate a lot of the time. And that is the trajectory. And like we talked about before, the whole, like, oh, changing your body. But not really. It's not quite the Christian Bale, like, I'm doing it in an unhealthy way. It's like, oh, you're doing it in a safe way. So you're still a beautiful person underneath. But of the movies I've seen, I thought Paul Mescal did a great job, but Colin Farrell mm-hmm. in The Banshees was just phenomenal to me. He's a different character. I mean, he's such a little sad sack in this movie. I think he does a great job, and he's so expressive with his eyebrows. And... <laughs> yeah, he's got great eyebrows. I thought he was really great in that. I mean, I feel like it's between Brendan and Austin. Oh, you know, but I would like <laughs> rather see other God, folks. I know. Like, you I know. know. <laughs> what is Sophie's choice? Uh-huh. Like, it's not just that I think Brendan Fraser will win. There's, like, this part of me that wants him to win because he was so mistreated and he, yeah. like, stepped away and went through all this depression over the way he was treated. And I kind of like this comeback story for yeah. him. 
I just wish that it wasn't this film. Yeah. yeah. Like, it could be just like a new start for him to be in movies that aren't so offensive to yeah. fat people, you know? Yeah. Maybe find something that's a little bit more kind. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I feel the same way. Like, I see him getting all these awards and he's getting up there and he's crying. Like, oh my God. You know? I have not seen the movie, but it just, it looks really bad. Like, I, 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 like, yeah. I mean, I've read about it, you know, just to check, obviously like I suspected that Aronofsky would not make a truly sensitive and nuanced film about being overweight. <laughs> what? But, <laughs> surprise, surprise. but I read well, about sure. it just cool to be too. sure and yeah, it's absolutely not nuanced. He plays a fat gay man who I guess wants to make his relationship right with his daughter or something. I read this article like in The Advocate, some gay actors talking about the story and imagine like being a fat gay actor and auditioning for this role. <laughs> And yeah. then you lose it to Brendan Fraser. Because, mm-hmm. like, yeah. Hollywood wants a name. Like, yeah. And they want and a comeback they, story. And they probably yeah. thought about that when they hired him. They're like, oh, it'll be a great yeah. comeback story for him. You're right. They should hire a fat actor to play this part. But then there aren't any because sizeism is so extremely mm-hmm. horrible in Hollywood. You know, it's not that there aren't any, but it's a little bit meta because when they kind of try to defend it, like, well, it's like hard to cast the role. And I was like, well, maybe if Hollywood were more inclusive, you would have more people of size that you could audition. But mm-hmm. you're so completely sizist. You know, this is a field that people are told is not for them unless they look a certain way and yeah. have a certain body type. So it's just kind of like this exclusionary kind of approach. Yeah. Yeah. Like, how do you get to be a name if there are no roles for you? And when there's a role that is something that you could play, they want somebody that people have heard of before. And not always, right? Gabourey Sabide in Precious Mm -hmm. was not a name. You know, like that was the movie that made her famous. But I also really remember a lot of the discourse about her and the part and why it was like this huge deal that she was getting so many accolades because she didn't look like how Hollywood typically wants people to look. And she had a terrible yes. time afterwards, too. Like and She had a terrible time. Yeah. Everyone was like, okay, now you're famous. You're going to lose all that weight, right? right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, what the fuck? In one way, I'm like, well, gosh, like, get a fat actor to play this part. But then I'm like, God, I kind of don't wish this part on a fat person. Right. Yeah, uh, that's the second yeah. problem. The... Let me just sit here and shame you for two hours. Yeah. Right. Tell you how miserable like, really, you like, are. Let's dock it. How disgusting yeah. this fat body is. Watch him eat himself to death. Like, I saw a clip of a binge with this, like, sad new like, oh, God. oh my God. I think you're right, you know, in however many years we'll look back on this and be kind of shocked that this movie even was able to get made. Yeah. Especially like all this, you know, there's all this research. Have you seen? There's been like a number of articles recently. You know, the Ozempic Mm-hmm. Oh, right. Articles, People right? in LA are yeah. taking it. Right. Like, when your body just has a set point. Like, it's a chemical yeah. thing in your body that it has a set point. And to try and move your body off of that set point, it's like a biological force you're trying to address. Mm-hmm. It's not willpower. It's not hating yourself. It's not any of these, like, judgmental things that we try to ascribe to people. And, yeah. You know, they're really seeing that with a Zempic because it's actually, like, taking the set point and changing it. Mm-hmm. And so that's why people are able to lose weight they kind of get like turned off to food but as soon as you stop your body's set point goes back to where it was and you start to gain the weight back yeah so it's just interesting with all the research that we're learning right now about 
obesity and what causes it that it's the biological chemical thing you know yeah like any other thing that your body does we just put so much judgment on it it's just calories in calories out is a a myth that was perpetuated for many years and i mean it was started by the bmi was started by eugenesis there's all sorts of things a maintenance phase is a great podcast (laughs) to hear about all the dispelling of the myths about fatness and all the ways in which it's capitalism and it's eugenics and it's based on white statistics and white middle class statistics and fucked up and we definitely don't need any movies perpetuating those myths so fuck so off the, the whale right. people are laughing because they cannot stop yeah <laughs> and isn't that sad and pathetic and he's gay so he must really hate himself oh god i hate it so wait did you say which your picks oh, <laughs> Christina. Well, i think brendan fraser is gonna win mm-hmm. i think colin farrell is another really strong contender and I do think Austin Butler does a good Elvis, but yeah, Tom <laughs> Hanks in a fat suit in that one. Playing the Colonel. It's just a bad movie. Yeah. Not everybody could be Elvis, I guess, but I don't know. Well, I would argue that he wasn't, you know? That's another part of the problem is, like, Elvis was somebody that had an inexplicable charisma to him, and it's yeah. just, it's impossible for an actor to emulate that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> or maybe somebody could, but I don't think he did. I think he did his best. I think he tried really hard. The movie was shit. <laughs> yeah. Brendan Fraser will probably win, and then I would, like... Colin Farrell to win. I would be happy if he won. I always think it's like less interesting to me (laughs) when somebody plays a real person. (laughs) I don't know why they love that so much. Right? I know. And maybe it's because they have a measuring stick by which they can measure the performance. Like, (laughs) oh, I was really convinced you were actually Freddie Mercury. That was accurate. (laughs) Being given a character that you bring to life. Right. That's more interesting as a viewer for me. Totally. I guess, yeah, it seems like Brendan Fraser's probably going to win. And I don't want him to because, I mean, he seems (laughs) great, but I don't want to encourage this kind of thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In this category, the only ones I saw were Banshees of Inisherin and After Sun. And you totally have me sold on living, even though I didn't see it. I know. I love Colin Farrell. I really liked After Sun a lot. I don't feel like I should have to choose. <laughs> I'm, That's I'm, all right. I'm going to recuse Co-winners. myself from this one. Co-winners. <laughs> both. So as long as an Irishman wins, you're happy. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's Paul Mescal's Irish. He is. No, all right, there you they go. could be like Monet. He's Irish and he's doing a and pretty good fine. Scottish accent, actually, in After Sun. I was very impressed. <laughs> all right, let's move on to actress actress in a leading role Kate Blanchett Tar Anna de Armas Blonde Andrew Riseborough to Leslie Michelle Williams The Fablemans and Michelle Yeoh Everything Everywhere All at Once well <laughs> I, obviously Michelle Yeoh needs to win this one yeah I really want her to win I loved her the role I mean she's the lead for sure she has huge range she's playing like a gajillion different versions of a person yes you know, she's playing multiple different roles she's fighting it's like touching i thought she shows really great range and also i just love her story of like her arc of her career it would be such a cool thing to see her win this i think it's kind of between her and kate blanchett as to like far as who will win mm. you don't think riseborough has a chance oh god she was so good i mean better than kate blanchett in my opinion but no i don't think she has a chance I mean, I think yeah, the I controversy... Yeah, I think for her, it's like, it's an honor to be nominated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
So it's hopefully we see her in a lot more things after this yeah, because she's, she's getting great, some you know, you know recognition. I would agree that I think it will be Michelle Yeoh and I want it to be Michelle Yeoh out of all these choices. Especially because what you were saying about how she plays all these different versions of herself in the movie, which is normally something if a white man does that, it's like, give him all the awards, you know? Mm -hmm. They fucking love that shit when a character plays different personas at once. So... Yeah, I mean, if they don't give it to her for that, it's just racism and sexism straight up. That's what I think. <laughs> I support you. I support you. For that particular role. I'm not saying know, the movie is the best movie ever, I but I just, yeah. Just, I believe that'd be right, yeah. No, I get. I completely agree with you on that. On that point, but yes. I'm gonna go next. I think yes, she probably will win, and I feel like that's fine. I mean, my problem with the movie isn't her performance. Yeah. Still, if I was voting, I would probably give it to Kate Blanchett. My grudge against this movie has nothing to do with her. Like, I I think it would be (laughs) lovely to see her win. (laughs) Yeah, I think Michelle Young is gonna win, and I want her to win. But I think Kate Blanchett was really good in Tar. You know, but then I kind of think like, well, she has enough Oscars. You know, it's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, she already has. I yeah, agree. She, mm-hmm. she's she'll, like not. She she has two, and she'll have more. You know, what yeah, I mean? she'll for have sure. More. She's not done winning. But Oscars. this was a really no. cool role, I thought, mm-hmm. and it was kind of experimental and. Yeah. She nailed it, I thought. But Michelle Yao and then kind of like the Dark Horse is Anna de Armas because, I don't know, mm-hmm. Marilyn Monroe, people love Hollywood. Yeah. I know, I was thinking what you were saying, how they love when people play a real person and Kate Blanchett's first Oscars for playing Katherine Hepburn. and mm-hmm. Right. I think she's great. That's not like a favorite performance of mine of hers. That performance and then Blue Jasmine and then this one, like, she's so different in all three of those roles. I'm really coming around to Kate <laughs> She's a fantastic actor. She's great. Yeah, yeah, she works really hard. Like, it yeah. shows. All right, let's go on to actor in a supporting role. We have Brendan Gleeson, the Banshees of Inishirin, Brian Tyree Henry, Causeway, Judd Hirsch, the Fablemans, Barry Keoghan, the Banshees of Inishirin, and Ki Hui Kwan, Everything, everywhere, all at once. Well, this category yeah. is super easy for me. I want Ki Hui Kwan, and I think yes. that's who's going to win. I do too, and I've, I want that to happen for him so badly. Me I've too. loved him since I was a child. He was a child. Right. We were children together. Like he was in Indiana Jones. I watched it. Yes, yeah. I fucking, I mean, that opened my mind to the idea that I could go on an adventure with an adult, and I could save the adult's ass multiple times. Like, I just thought that was such a cool idea sparked the imagination of a young me <laughs> and die. yeah and he's the best part of that movie he's mm-hmm. wonderful and i really like brian tyree henry and i want to see him on a lot more award lists in general i think he's a fantastic actor and i haven't seen causeway but he's so good on atlanta talk about a character he plays like a bunch of different versions of himself on atlanta he's mm-hmm. just fantastic the first time i saw the trailer for bullet train and he was doing a british accent i was like oh my god is he secretly British because it was so good. He is not. Not secretly British. So I have a question. Brendan Gleeson plays which role? The guy cuts his fingers off. Okay. Calm. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, I like Barry Keoghan. He was somebody that I thought I could see him winning Best Supporting Actor. Yeah. Too bad. Everything is going to <laughs> short round. Yeah, I, I want Lee Kwan to win. He was just so good. Child actors, sometimes they don't make it to mm-hmm. have a career later in life. And I love that he's getting his due. 
and he's my favorite for the Oscar. But I really liked Brendan Gleeson in Banshees. Yeah, I think Kei Hui Kwan will win. I don't begrudge him that. Again, I have to say <laughs> that movie. <laughs> but Separate from I didn't the movie. Even know, just till like two weeks ago, I didn't know. Because I only saw Goonies like as an adult. And mm. I never saw whatever short round is from, but I didn't know that was him until we were at that Bechdel cast. Oh, wow. Movie. So, like, fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't have any real opinion about this category. Both the guys from Banshees were fine. I didn't see the other two. You know, this mm-hmm. one, it's like I almost didn't even really think about it because yeah, yeah. you know it's going to be him. It'll be a huge upset if it isn't, so yeah, that's yeah, for yeah, sure. sure. <laughs> All right. Actress in a supporting role. we got Angela Bassett, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, Hong Chow, The Whale. Carrie Condon, The Banshees of Inishirin. Jamie Lee Curtis, Everything Everywhere All at Once. <laughs> Stephanie Shu, <laughs> Stephanie Shu, Everything Everywhere All at Once. I have to do my reaction. It's okay. <laughs> you can splice them. <laughs> <laughs> I personally would love to see Angela Bassett just as like a legacy award. Because there's so many times when she should have been nominated and was not. I mean, I think she's super underrated in <laughs> Strange Days, everything she does. But I think she's so she great. She nominated before, though, right? I like, was just yeah. looking for Tina. Tina What's Love Got to Do? She should have won. But she, mm-hmm. has she ever won? No. no. Yeah, see, I love that for her. God, I don't even want to... <laughs> don't even want to say that I think it'll be Jamie Lee Curtis because the, the idea is so horrifying to me, but it might be. Like a dark horse that'd be really fun is Stephanie Shu because I think yeah. she's such a standout in that movie for me. Mm-hmm. Just like talk about charisma. Oh my God. <laughs> she's amazing. And I really like Carrie Condon. So Who knows? Like my answer. My answer is that sadly it'll be, be it'll probably be Jamie Lee Curtis, but... <laughs> I hope that it's Dark Horse Stephanie Shu, but I want it to be Angela Bassett, so that's my complicated answer. <laughs> I have decided that really it's for her Activia commercials. <laughs> yeah, I, I want Angela Bassett to win, and I think she will win. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's exciting. I mean, she's won other stuff this award season, so it's not mm-hmm. like it would be out of nowhere if she did win. Yeah. I think she got a Golden Globe. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think so. I liked Wakanda Forever. A lot of people didn't like it as much as I did. I thought it was great as a Marvel movie. I'm just kind of tired of those at this point. But I really like what they're doing with it, which is that at least they're showing black stories in Marvel yeah. movies. To me, it was a movie about grief and mm-hmm. how people walk through a grief journey when they lose somebody who they loved. And so yeah. I saw it over Thanksgiving with my family, which was our first Thanksgiving without my mom. Mm-hmm. So I just cried through the whole thing pretty much. Yeah. But I just They spent so much time on T'Challa's funeral, which they didn't like have to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, like if they were just trying to do a Marvel movie, they could have been like, "Here's the funeral. Let's get to the action." But they wanted to do a true homage. They wanted, and so like they spent a long time on that. I just thought it was really interesting how Queen Ramonda has like this kind of different grief journey that she's walking mm-hmm. when compared to Shuri. Yeah, and I really liked that how that was a conflict for them that they had to get over together. I thought that was interesting. And I just I thought it was really well done with like not just honoring. T'Challa, but also honoring Chadwick Boseman. Yeah. As T'Challa, they did a good job in how they handled that. Yeah, I want Angela Bassett to win. I just thought she was really great in it. But Carrie Condon, I really liked her role in Banshees of Inisherin. That's kind of who I'd be really happy if she won. But also, like, I'd be really happy if Angela Bassett won, and I think Angela Bassett's gonna win. 
I was thinking that Jamie Lee Curtis would win, but I mean, I would love for the not to review. I will probably Jamie Lee Curtis should be anyone else. I didn't see Black Panther, but I love Angela Bassett. Mm. I have never liked a Marvel movie. I've seen like maybe five or six, and have never liked any. It's not my thing. It's definitely a Marvel movie. It is yeah, definitely I mean, there's an action, mm-hmm. but that wasn't my favorite parts of it. You know? Yeah, it was like, Meh. yeah. I never have liked a Marvel movie, but it's not like the acting. But mm-hmm. right, <laughs> they always get really good actors yeah. for this thing. Um, I know that's my kids so always because like we'll be watching something and Logan be like, "Who's that?" and then I'll be like, "Okay, they're in blah blah blah," and then they'll look at it's like, "Oh, it's so and so." Yeah, like who am I? I'm like, yeah, the guy from Knives Out, and they're like. He's the guy from. He's the guy from Scott Pilgrim. I know. He's the guy from Scott Pilgrim. It's called right. a grind, bro. I still say that all the time. Right. Yeah. yeah, but now I feel like it'd be kind of funny if Stephanie Hsu won. But I'm excited. I didn't know that Angela Bassett was a probable. So good for her. Yes. Her. I don't think they do it anymore because they want to save time on the broadcast. They used to like show a clip. Yes. Right. Nominee, and I think Angela Bassett's would be when she's facing the UN. Yeah. That was an amazing scene. Where is her treacherous husband now? But in a place where she can visit if she wished. Mine! It's with the ancestors. I am queen of the most powerful nation in the world, and my entire family is gone! Have I not given everything? I know. I mean, that's like kind of a lost term, they, the Oscar clip. I thought they still did it for acting, but I could be wrong. We'll find I can't out. remember, but I, yeah, I do feel the like they're Emmys, cutting stuff weirdly for time. It. It's like maybe they could cut for time, like all the weird, stupid montages that they do for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> I, I yeah, know. I know. Right. Like, There's a lot dumb, of bullshit like, they could cut out. Right. But don't cut the remembrance. No, no, no. Like, they cannot. The one, I, all right. No, they'll never cut I live for but that. all the other montages. <laughs> <laughs> so let's just quickly speed through the screenplays. Let's just say what we want to win in each one. So original screenplay, Banshees, Everything Everywhere, The Fableman's Tar Triangle. I'm going to go Triangle of Sadness because I don't think it's like the screenplay that really makes Tar so good. Yeah. So Triangle of Sadness. Is- good answer. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like earlier I had a really strong opinion about it, but now I'm like, Ooh. oh, I don't know. Banshees of Dinashiran or Triangle of Sadness? Yeah. Mm. It's a Good category. Mm-hmm. My vote is for Banshees of Inishirin. I love the dialogue in it. Yes. <laughs> it was just so good. It, it, they said a lot without saying a lot. That's my vote. I Mine too. In my notes before <laughs> I got here. Banshees was yes. my initial. Oh, nice. Ooh. I think it's a perfect screenplay. So, yes, definitely Banshees. I think it's so fucking well written. <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, adapted screenplay. All quiet on the Western Front. <laughs> Glass Onion, a Knives Out mystery, which I think is only an adapted screenplay because it's a Knives Out mystery, which is mysterious. Living, Top Gun Maverick, and Women Talking. What <laughs> editorializing. Sorry. I'm a little upset by this adapted screenplay category. <laughs> The only one I have seen of this is Glass Onion, and I did not care for Glass Onion. Hmm. I thought Glass Onion was sort of like a fun movie to watch, mm-hmm. but also a bad movie. I feel like I already said this, but it's like Ryan Johnson, his first goal isn't to tell a story. It's like that's his second goal. And his <laughs> first goal is to make sure that the right people like him at the end of this movie. Ooh, wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like that. <laughs> 
I love I love that take. I really like that too because I really like it as an entertaining movie, but there was something a little empty about it and you verbalized that, so thank you for being so smart. I haven't seen Loving. I really do feel like I would like it a lot, no, just based on everything I've heard. Now. And then maybe Women Talking, because it seems like the dialogue is the best part. So I guess I would pick between those two movies that I haven't seen. Yeah, right? <laughs> <Love it>. yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's between, I don't know, who wrote All Quiet? It's some, like, famous guy, right? The book, you mean? Or yeah. Eric Maria Remark, I think. Okay, I don't know. I just have this... But that's not who get the award for this <laughs> adapted screenplay. <laughs> didn't adapt this screenplay. <laughs> it's like such a famous book, and I just have a feeling that's going to win for some reason. But I would like for Sarah Polly to win for oh. Women Talking, mm. and she was slighted in the directing. I feel yeah. like people that get slighted can sometimes pick up a screenplay award. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Like, yeah, the legacy. I've liked her movies in the past quite a bit. I think she's very talented. I think it'll go to Women Talking. Because mm. like you said, it's like it kind of got slighted in the other categories, but it is literally a film about talking, so the screenplay is kind of the most important thing in it. Yeah. But I really liked Living, and I really did think that every line has stuff behind it and under mm. it and subtext and context, and not in that way that you're like, I can't keep up with what's happening. I'm going to go with that would be the one that I would want to win. I agree, like Glass Onion was really entertaining and I enjoyed it, but you know, it was a little like maybe style above substance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then All Quiet on the Western Front was just like torture. <laughs> God, I totally thought it was All's Quiet. I don't know I why. It. it is now. Yeah. All's, all's Quiet on the Western Front. All's Quiet. Uh, all's Quiet on the Western Front, guys. <laughs> Come on, nobody picked Top Gun? I'm surprised. Uh, I was going to say like Tom Cruise, he blows things up. He doesn't like to use, like, CGI. I don't know. I, I know he's I a like, movie star. I know. He's a movie guy. I don't he's know. He's a big movie star. If he weren't yeah. basically the second president of a very <laughs> terrible cult, yeah. maybe yeah. I would be able to look past that and see some of his talent, but I, mm, yeah. no. Yeah. He's a bad person. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not disputing that, <laughs> yes. I guess. Team Nicole Kidman all the way. Yeah. <laughs> we come to this place for magic. Oh God, I've seen that enough times. Yeah. All right, we have to do last thoughts because my children are texting me uh, and okay. need to come. Oh. <laughs> yeah. so Usually kids would just be like, we're staying out. Yeah, no, not my, my children are tired and yeah. your children are tired. I don't know. We're, we have responsible, sleepy children. <laughs> they don't like to party till let's just wrap up the Oscar pod by saying the one thing we're most excited about on the Oscar broadcast well I read that Colin Farrell is bringing his son as his oh. date and they are going to have matching outfits oh my god I love that so much so I'm very infant he has two he has two, he has okay. two Teenage. teenagers yeah. Oh, okay. yeah Barry Keoghan has a baby Colin Farrell is just so earnest and like he just it. seems like he's like a real he loves being a dad yeah. and 
What a journey. I know. know. He said he had a troubled youth and he really Mm -hmm. made up for it. And oh my God, I know. That's my answer too, Colin Farrell. Just seeing Colin Farrell because what a sweet, sweet, wonderful man. He's going to be so excited to be there. Yeah. And and I'm excited to see, I feel like Kate Blanchett is just going to look amazing. Mm -hmm. I always like to see the best actress nominees in their gowns. She's Mm -hmm. just, she's just so breathtaking. She's such a great movie star. It's like a real old timey, old Hollywood glamour. So. She really does. She's high fashion without even trying. <laughs> I love the red carpet. I always have this struggle with my friend who hosts our Oscar night because she has a life <laughs> and, and wants to do things during the day and, and sort of get together in time for the Oscars. And I'm like, no, I need to be able to come over at 2.30. Yeah. So yeah. Watch the entire red carpet in real time. The pre-red carpet and then the red carpet. The red carpet. <laughs> it is not the same without Joan. Joan Rivers. Joan Rivers, thank you. I totally think. I think the thing I'm most excited about is if they do the song performances, I'm interested in seeing the Natu Natu performance. Mm. Because I've heard that that's like this huge giant like Bollywood style dance number that's oh shit totally yeah so it oh, would cool. be really cool to see that I think tomorrow I'm gonna actually go see RRR they're having oh, like nice. a thing at SIF that's awesome let us yeah. know how it is because I just learned about it today so yeah it's three hours long so it's an investment three hours long. yeah the movies were so I wish we had more I time because like honestly they were so long. freaking long this year yeah. The movie is only one hour and 48 minutes. Ooh. Normal movie. Like a it. hot 140. <laughs> Don't give me these like editing awards and your film is like three hours. Yeah. Oh my God. I know. You should. Editing. <laughs> There's not even any editing in here. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. I hear you on that. <laughs> and every time it's like a fucking long movie, I'm like, I could have a crack at it. I can cut <laughs> I some can stuff out. <laughs> I can tell you what you didn't need in Yeah. Mm. Um, also, are you going to see more between now and the actual Oscars? Or when, or was well, I think I'm going to watch Living. Yeah, I yeah. think I'm going to cram that in. And Women I'm Talking, I'm going to see. About that. So I, I also could... enjoyed Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. So if you mm, a okay. cleanser, if you're like, I just watched All Quiet and now I... That won't happen. No. <laughs> If whatever reason you decide Maybe you women talking will be a little sad. <laughs> Mrs. Harris goes to Paris is like kind of a fluffy okay. film. She's like a cleaning lady and she falls in love with this Dior gown and she just like saves up her pennies to go to Paris to buy a Christian Dior gown and it's in like the 40s or oh, something. Yeah, it's like when you go to the fashion house to get the thing. <laughs> and like, you know, like people are super rude. They're like, who are you? But she meets people along the way and she just has such like a zest for life that people want to help her be nice. It's and charming. It is yeah. very charming. Yeah. There's like a whole little like romantic vibe in there too and yeah it's cute not stressful (laughs) there's nothing stressful about it lots of beautiful dresses you know that sounds up my alley yeah it's a good one i watched it after i try to like i'm gonna watch all quiet (laughs) and i'm gonna watch puss in boots Mm -hmm. but the part part is you don't really want to watch the downers yes so i end up (laughs) where it's just like all downers so i try to specifically save ones that are light (laughs) so that i don't get stuck with a bunch of downers at the end i started doing this thing where i watch a little bit of a movie and i come back to it yeah later well and that's three freaking hours long yeah i know you have to make your own intermission i watched babylon Oh, oh god, god. <laughs> that was so bad. oh i enjoyed it wow yeah. but i also 
also didn't watch it in one sitting. Mm. Like, I took a break and came back to it. Bite yeah. sizes. Yeah. That's how I do it. And that, I also did that with two Leslie. I did two Leslie in like two chunks. Busy two work, Leslie. really late this time, so I kind <laughs> of like, didn't <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Denise. That was so great. I wish we had more time and we could I know, talk all sorry. about all the other categories. <laughs> Exciting things happening in here. We could do a wrap up. We've never done that before oh, where we're yeah. like, we talk because like, we didn't know anything about all the shenanigans from last year. So Yeah. <laughs> Let's do a little, let's, let's get back together for a shenanigans pod. Yep, I love it. All right, until then. If you enjoyed this episode of Paid in Puke, please take a minute to rate us highly on your preferred podcast listening apparatus. If you did not enjoy this episode, no further action is necessary. Paid in Puke is hosted by Annie Malone, Christina Barr, and Jessica Baxter. Music by Silent Partner. Follow us on Twitter at Paid in Puke Pod, on Instagram at Paid in Puke Seattle, and on Facebook at Paid in Puke Podcast. Thanks for listening. Lick it up, baby. Lick it up.